Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. My name's Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends, on this episode. I'm going to share some exciting things that are happening. Some of you are familiar with some of the ministry stuff that I do, in addition to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. And I've got some exciting things that I want to share exclusively with you, the podcast listeners. And uh, I have been seeking God for a number of months now, as to how to best serve our kid ministry community. Heart goes out to so many of you that have been battling in this season of the pandemic and dealing with shutdowns, and some of you are still dealing with shutdowns and lockdowns and not being able to meet in person. Some of you have been back to programming as normal as it can be, or as I say, the new now. Uh, you're doing the best that you can, and I know for so many people, it's it's just been a hard season, and, and in the last couple episodes, we've covered some pretty intense topics, some very raw and real conversations, and I hope that if you've, if you've listened to them, that you've been blessed and encouraged by them. If you haven't, I hope you'll go back and listen to them. We would love to know how they have helped or challenged you, or any questions you might have. We're always willing to do follow-up episodes on certain topics, but... Today's topic is something that I wanted to share some thoughts on. Uh, as many of you know, God has led me to start a brand new ministry called Restoring Leaders. I've mentioned it several times on the podcast. I want to share a lot more with you because some things have been happening that I'm very excited for, and it, the ministry is moving ahead. And so I want to tell you about some things. I've had a number of people ask me a variety of questions lately, and I thought this might be a really cool podcast to, to talk about. So I'm going to share some of the questions that I've been asked and then share my answers with you. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. So one of the first questions I got asked was to, to, to think about what are some of the most important things that I've learned in my time working in children's ministry. If you know me, you know that I've been in ministry for over 30-some years. Uh, my father was a pastor, and I grew up in the church. So I've really been in children's ministry for way longer than that because I started as a kid uh, doing good news clubs in our home and helping my mom, started teaching memory verses and missionary stories and went through Child Evangelism Fellowships training uh, for summer missionaries called CYIA and was a summer missionary for several summers traveling around the state of Michigan and doing that. And then I started as a local director when I was 19 years old, uh, overseeing four counties in central Indiana. And uh, God has taught me a lot of things about children's ministry over the years. And one of the things that I've learned is that kids are a lot smarter than we think, and they're more resilient than we think. They can do more than we think. And so oftentimes, feel like so many times ministry leaders make the mistake, and one of the reasons why we see fourth and fifth graders checking out is because of how we treat them. Kids, this generation, they don't want to be talked down to. They want to be treated like they're older than they are. You know, when you show them that kind of respect, it's amazing how their hearts open up to you. Never forget speaking at a camp not that long ago and having a, a young man come up to me and he was a fourth grader, I believe, somewhere in that age group. He said, Pastor Tom, thanks 
for not treating us like babies. Thanks for talking to us like we're grown up. We're teenagers already. I said, I really liked that. I liked that you shared God's word with us in a real way, and you talked to us like we're real people and not babies. I think sometimes that's one of those things that we miss sometimes in children's ministry because we think they're children. We don't teach them as their future adults. And so I think that's one of the things that we have to realize is that kids can handle things. Yes, we have to be sensitive about some topics, but I do think we can teach God's Word to them and help them to start thinking critically, and we should teach them to handle God's Word. We should have Bibles in their hands. I'm not saying you have to sit around a table and lecture them. No. Get the Bible in their hand and let them struggle and wrestle with it. Let them ask questions, gain understanding, but don't give them the answers. It's one of the things that kids hate is that we give them the answers. We're not comfortable with silence. I would tell you one of the things I've learned is that kids are smarter and can do more and handle more than we know. I also think that's true with volunteers. I do think many times we're often looking for the easy way out when it comes to volunteers. We want to, to make it simple for them. That also diminishes the calling sometimes. I want to challenge you to reconsider how you approach volunteers. Consider the fact that you need to raise it up to a higher calling, that you do need to ask for a greater expectation from them. It's okay to do that. Even during this season where you think, oh, I can't ask more of people, well, you have to. You know what? They'll respond. The people that have a heart and a calling for children's ministry will respond, and I truly believe that. I'm seeing that in the church that I serve in myself. We'll also say that one of the things I've learned is that parents aren't against kid ministry, and they're not shirking their responsibility towards kids' ministry. Oftentimes, I think the problem is that they haven't been discipled themselves. They really don't know how to disciple children. They're scared and they're intimidated because we're the quote-unquote professionals. Sometimes they just don't see themselves involved in the ministry because they can't see themselves in there. We have to make it accessible. We have to make sure they're hearing the stories of life change and interaction. We also have to make it more parent-friendly, that they feel welcomed instead of being pushed out the door because we're too busy to meet with them or to have them in our environment. I would also say this lovingly. If you want more men in your environment, you've got to make it more man-friendly. Sometimes I see churches that are doing ministry, and it feels like this is ladies only. Please don't be offended by that. I'm not seeking to offend anybody and be sexist. I just want to share with you that maybe you need, if you're a lady leader, be aware of the fact that sometimes the environments we create— the way we talk to our volunteers is not man-friendly. We have to be very careful. Now, men can do the same thing on the other side and not make it very friendly for the ladies either. Let's work together to make it an environment where everybody is invited to serve, men and women. Help them. Show them the way. Be willing to disciple them. Be willing to let them enter in where they are. Maybe they don't have a lot of Bible knowledge. Maybe they are new believers. Well, then give them simple, small responsibilities and let them grow into the position. But if we don't give them the chance, they'll never volunteer. I've also had people ask me, so hey, you have transitioned into being a ministry coach. 
and you're working with this Restoring Leaders, what's the season been like for you, and what are you learning during this time, especially during a pandemic? Well, I've learned that being a ministry coach is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, There's a lot of people out there that call themselves coaches, and honestly, it's not just that simple of calling yourself a coach. I've had training. I've had. I've been coached myself. Spent a lot of time developing my skills, both as a counselor and as a coach. I think we have to be very careful. We've had a lot of experience in a variety of churches and in a, over a variety of years. There are some people out there that are coaching that have only been in one place for all their life and haven't been in ministry all that long. But be careful how you think about coaching. But for me. I've learned is I want to come alongside a leader. I want to journey with you. I want to listen. I want to learn. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Then I'm going to help you see the answers that God has already wired into you. He's already shown you. I want to help draw those out. Not a coach that tells you, here's the system. You know what I've learned? My systems don't work for everybody. They didn't always work for me, quite honestly. I can tell you so many times how I was the only one in the kids' ministry area for a while. It was a season, a year, uh, I believe, that I and a couple of teenagers, the only ones leading a kids' church of over 70 children. So there was me and two other teenagers and my son in the sound booth. And that was it. We couldn't get any more volunteers. And I tried all sorts of systems. I tapped people's shoulders. I had people running away from me in the church. They saw me coming, and they knew I was going to ask, hey, how about coming up and serving in the children's area? Oh, I get it. I've, I've had those weeks. I've had those sun, you know, months and months and years. I never made it into the big room. I would always have to listen to the recordings, feed myself, or watch somebody else online, feed myself. I missed the engagement of the other adults. Get all that. As a coach, that's one of those things that I come alongside and say, hey, I'll tell you a lot about my failures, but I'm going to tell you about my successes. You know what? We all fail. I don't know there's any system or course or class can truly be a one-size-fits-all for everybody. What I do and what I've learned as a, as a ministry coach, something that I learned from my mentor and coach, Jim Weidman, is that you have to listen and learn, and you have to realize that your job is not to tell them how to do ministry— to think about why we do what we do, that we can discover the how, the what, get into the details, and start thinking in smaller steps instead of big, giant leaps. I love working with churches, and I love working with leaders. If I can be of service to you, I would love to have that opportunity, and you can check out kmccoach.net if you're interested in more of that. One of the greatest things that I have in front of me right now is this ministry called Restoring Leaders. Restoring Leaders is a ministry that God has led me to. I had a couple of years ago, I saw this vision in my mind and in my heart. I knew that God was telling me to pastor pastors, but I was terrified by doing that. Because I thought to myself, because of my own thinking, how would I provide for my family doing this? Trying to raise financial support, America is not an easy thing. People wonder, well, why don't you just take a regular job and then do the ministry on the side? Paul was a tent maker after all. Well, yeah, that's easy to say it that way, but when your heart is burdened, leaders who are hurting and who are burned out, been who have lost their job and been blindsided by it, who have 
have been hurt by people in the church for their criticisms and, and or had other leaders criticize them and wound them deeply and and they're they're just devastated and they they don't feel like there's any place to turn when you when you know that those things are out there and, and it keeps you awake at night you know that you have to have a laser like focus to get out there and everything else drags at you you know what i had a jonah moment i ran i took a different type of job. In fact, I actually jumped into another church job, thinking that I could just get away from this dream that God had put on my heart. I thought that I was coming into a dream job, and it turned out I wound up in the belly of a fish, and it was not the dream job for me at all. And lost my job there. God spit me out. Literally got fired. You know what? I was ready to quit because I was tired of running. I had seen so many leaders who had been hurt, broken, and wounded, and burned out, and frustrated, rejected, overworked, underappreciated, and I couldn't stop thinking about those leaders, because I had been there. It got so bad that I was physically ill so many times. I had all sorts of issues going on internally that I never told anyone about. You know what? I realized that I had to stop, give it over to God, and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I started taking these times out where I called them shut up and listen days. I knew immediately God was speaking very clearly, kept telling me to pastor the pastors. In fact, he woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me the name, Storing Leaders. Weeks later, he gave it to my wife. She was looking at a list of a bunch of names that I was thinking about, not Storing Leaders on the list. (laughs) He told me that list was terrible, but God had put a word on her heart. She told me that word as restoration. Told me about how she, as, as, as a wife, watched me walk through some deep, dark waters. Nowhere to turn and no one to talk to. Yet, she watched me walk. She watched God minister. She watched God restore my heart and my soul and my mind. She watched as then he led me to a counselor and a mentor. Could walk me through a process. I learned and applied and continued to grow and to develop. What was exciting was is it was what God was showing me that I'm going to start doing now for others. Super excited to share with you that Restoring Leaders is going to be starting our very first and having our very first retreat, in-person retreat. It'll be a beta test for only a few men. Unfortunately, ladies, I can't open it up for all the ladies yet, but I have a place in May we're going to open up for this in-person retreat interested in that, message me quickly because I only have a few spaces available. So if you're looking for a three-night, four-day retreat to get away from everything, and you're available in the month of May to make it to Nashville, then I would love to talk to you and share with you about that. Ladies, don't worry. We have a bunch of locations, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Florida, that we are working on to get those locations and dates set and we'll be releasing those very soon on the RestoringLeaders.org website. These retreats are designed to give people time to heal, time to rest, time to be restored, time to be heard. I want to encourage you that if you need something like that, please reach out and let us know. Maybe you're still uncomfortable with traveling or being in small gatherings like that. Well, I want you to consider thinking about coming on to another online retreat. Our Restoring Leaders four-week class will be opening again soon here. Put a link in on the website, 
we'll be advertising in the Facebook group. And if you're interested in taking four hours, one hour a week for four weeks, we'll give you a 30,000 foot view of what a retreat would be like. And you'd get a good taste of what it's there. Somebody will ask, well, Tom, what makes you so uniquely called to doing this? What, what makes you the person to lead restoring leaders? Well, it's because I've been a burnout addict. Put myself in a way and led my ministry in an unsustainable pace. I'll just be real and honest with you that because I was so often leading on my own and being a one-man band, I burned myself out and out and out. It was unhealthy. It was wrong. It was quite honestly sinful. Because I kept believing the lies that the enemy was feeding me that I could not find help in my little church. Now, that was a lie that the enemy used because I was just too scared to ask people. I assumed they would tell me no, so I didn't want to ask. I did that. I didn't take time off. I didn't use my days off. I didn't rest on the Sabbath. I kept telling myself, I'll rest when I'm dead, and I practically put myself in the grave. I found some real answers, and I found some practices. I found some new habits. I found some new resources where I finally gave it all over to God. said, okay, God, I'm going to live restored. No longer going to live burned out, frustrated, angry, bitter, hurt, wounded. I'll show you my scars. I can't show you any wounds because those have been healed. Um, There was a season for me that I was in a, a real high capacity ministry. I was the first kids pastor of this church. I was running so hard. In fact, the first months of my ministry there, I basically was there in the in the office by 6.30 in the morning. I wouldn't come home till about 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. I had to remodel the children's area. I had to set up whole structures and systems. I was going nonstop, Mach 3 with my hair on fire. Hardly saw my wife and my kids. Even on the weekends, most of the weekends, I spent most of my days there at the church. And take off days. In fact, even if I did, I always had work to do at home and ask for help. I found myself getting tired and angry and cynical and combative, felt isolated and totally exhausted. I began to have physical symptoms, in fact, of the stress in my life. Nobody knew because I never shared it with a single person. Or a few people, I think, had an idea. Even my own family didn't know how bad it was until they started to see the physical signs in my body. Stress had hit hit hard. My wife finally said to me, you've got to get help. This is hard. If it's going to be this hard, you need to either quit or get help. It was one of the darkest places I'd ever been. Again, thank God, I was able to find some help. I was able to walk alongside someone who helped me identify burnout in my life, anger issues in my life, wounds in my life. To get those healed, they would not be open wounds anymore. Let me tell you that the reason why Restoring Leaders and KMC Coaching exists because I want to serve the people who serve the body of Christ. This is what I'm called to do. This isn't a business. This isn't something I market. This is my calling. I want to serve you. I want to be able to help you. Even asking God to continue to build a team because this is way bigger than me. I, I'm going to, to be bringing on some leaders because I need help. Because there's so many out there that are hurting and wounded. I want to encourage you. If you're struggling, please have the courage to reach out. Don't think you can do this alone. Don't think you have to do it alone. Don't think you can just read a book or conference your way out of this. Buying another course will be the magic pill. Because there is no pill. 
There is a process. There is a path. It's a path that you can walk. There's a journey that you can take. I would love to guide you on that journey. I can tell you, I'm excited for where I live now, how I live, pace that I operate in. Because I finally found a place where I can walk with God, commune with Him, and can listen to other leaders, and I can walk with them and them find their sustainable pace. Learn how to deal with their new now. Restoring Leaders is here to serve you. We're going to keep talking about it because I want more and more leaders to hear about it. One of the things I would ask for you to do on my behalf is would, it, would you keep a watch out? Other leaders in our kid ministry community are hurt, wounded, burning out. Would you share with them the resource of Kid, of kid Ministry Collective, Restoring Leaders, of KMC Coaching? Would you let them know there's help available? Let me tell you, together we can change the way ministry is being done. We can lead in a healthy way. We can lead in a God-honoring way. Let me tell you, I found out the healthier I was emotionally, mentally, spiritually, more people were drawn to my team. It's amazing when the joy of the Lord penetrates your heart. You realize why you're in ministry, how it attracts people to you. You can see now why my teams grew once I finally got beyond the burnout and the hurt. When I started living restored. It's amazing the difference in my ministries. I can look back and see it now. I'd love to help you do that too. So if you feel like your schedule's out of control, if you feel like that hurt is overwhelming, let me encourage you. First, set up a divine appointment with the Father. Don't let anything cancel it or get in the way and spend time sitting before the Lord. Then if you're willing and you need it, reach out for some help. Restoring leaders can't minister to you. If I can't help you, I will certainly put you in touch with someone who can. Because my goal is not build restoring leaders as my thing, because it's not mine. This is what God has called me to do. Instead, I want to be able to help you find the help you need. There are a lot of good ministries out there. There are some people out there that are doing ministry like this, want to help you, come alongside of you. So, I want to wrap this up with a couple, one more big announcement, I should say. I'm super excited to finally say that my book is almost done. I've written a book called Why Valleys Are Better Than Mountaintops. Because I found that when you're in the valley season, it's an amazing time where you get to walk with God. You get to grow, be changed. It's painful. It's hard. It's a little scary. <laughs> Could be a lot scary. Let me tell you, I've learned that when I go into those valley seasons, God shows up in incredible ways. I get to learn from Him and see Him in totally different ways I would never experience when I'm up on the mountaintops. So I've learned that I think valleys are beautiful. Valleys are, are seasons that God doesn't waste. I can't wait to share this book with you. I hope that it will help you to, to journey in a valley season when you're there. We all go through them. I also hope that they'll give you a ch chance to pause, to reflect, renew yourself. I've intentionally written in the book, spaces called Pause by the Stream, where I'm asking you to stop, spend some time thinking and praying through Scripture, asking yourself some questions so that you can make the most of the season God has called you into. Can't wait to share this with you. And very soon I'll be putting together a launch team and we'll be releasing this book and I cannot wait to share it with you. 
I know this has been a little bit of a different podcast. I hope it doesn't feel like too much of a commercial because that is not the desire of my heart. I did want to come on and just share with you what God is doing. Now, I, I'm so excited about restoring leaders. I'm so excited about the Kid Ministry Collective community. I'm so excited about KMC Coaching and what it can do. Excited about some of the special things we've got coming. In fact, it won't be long, and we're going to be having a special online summit that I can't give out the whole details to, but it's coming, and I'm excited for that. So again, if I can serve you, if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, I hope that you will allow me the privilege to do that. hope that I can have the opportunity to come alongside you and pray with you, if nothing else. Thank you for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. Thanks for your support. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for reviewing. Thanks for sharing it with other leaders. Pray it's a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you, give you his peace. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Stay tuned for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.